gentlemen, and everyone on the earth and beyond to M-Class email. I can hear the SNL music playing. Uh, I'm Don Pardo. It's me. That's his name? Yeah, that was that was his name. He passed away. Well, Pardo me. <laughs> oh, God. This is going to be a good episode. Uh, this is take two of recording this thanks to Skype. Fuck you, Skype. Suck my dick. Welcome to M-Class Email, everybody. I'm this Jeff. This episode brought to you by Skype. I'm Josh. <laughs> On this uh, podcast, this particular podcast, we read your emails, we talk about them, we discuss them, we answer them, or we move one from them. <laughs> Very subtly. <laughs> And uh, this show is really your show. You guys send in your emails to mclassemail at gmail.com. Singular. You're the the lifeblood. It's always been singular. It's never been anything else. Yeah, agreed. So let's jump right into it before Skype decides that we're fucking done already. (laughs) And uh, our, our first email is from J.D. Payton. J.D. Payton. That sounds like a porn name. It sounds like a cool cowboy name to me. Yeah, a, porn, a cowboy porn. Cow, cow porn. No way. <laughs> no, um, wait. <laughs> the title of the email is The Gord Downey Fun Canadian Fact of the Week, which is just <laughs> beyond me. <laughs> I don't know. And it begins, Dear Trek Boys... In the last episode of M-Class Email, Asterios sent in some old letters to Starlog, one of which called for Trek fans to write the Postmaster General and request a series of stamps commemorating Star Trek. I remember this. I was there. I, I was also there. I don't know if anything <laughs> like that ever happened in the U.S., but I thought you'd be interested to know that in Canada, we had a series of stamps commemorating the 50th anniversary. I think we actually talked oh, about that yeah. on the show. Yeah, I think we did mention it. I think I think yeah. they did do that There are here. a lot of Star Trek stamps now. There are a ton. Yeah. There have been wait several series. Series. Uh, insert joke about the Captain Janeway stamp and mail taking 70 years to arrive here. Because of the because of the Delta Quadrant, that's where they send your mail. Is that a joke about the Delta Quadrant and the Canadian mail system in one? I don't if think so, such bravo. a joke has ever existed before. <laughs> How do Canadians get their mail? Through By the goose? Canadian mail system. <laughs> do they put a goose in a tube and the goose is holding the mail in its beak? Is that? How it seems like the goose is superfluous. I don't know why they included that. Well, that's, that's, I mean, you, it's Canada, man. <laughs> you gotta have a goose and everything, right? Yeah. Uh, keep up the great show. My wife and I currently have to live in different provinces for work purposes, and when it's just me and my cat at home, I enjoy few things more than hearing you two shoot the shit, dissect what makes great episodes of Star Trek great, and or affirming my distaste for post-JJ Trek. Thank you, JD. That's a great email. Uh, best wishes, J.D. Payton. Thank you so much for that email. Thank you for what letting us know about Canadia. What cat kind of cat do you have? What's their name? Is the name of your cat a Star Trek thing? If not, why? Like me and Jeff have names of Star Trek cats. It's true. We got Spot and Data. <laughs> you have two. I have one. Yeah, I've got Miles and Data. My other cat's name is Teddy. He's not really named after anything. He already <laughs> had a name, didn't he? Yeah, I didn't want to change it because, like, he looks like a teddy. He'd be very confused if you changed his name. I felt like it was like, like the lady who 
took care of him, really loved him, you know? Yeah. And I felt it would be wrong. Like, because I think she really cared about him. Like, he was still a kitten. Like, he was a kitten, but, it, like, she obviously liked him a lot. Teddy's a good name. I'm sure if you look through fucking memory beta, you'd find somebody named Teddy in Star Trek. He's named after New Orleans Saints backup quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. He's named after New Orleans Saints actual quarterback Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> oh, man. That would be fucking amazing. <laughs> Our next God. email is uh, from Michael. Michael, Michael Brown. Knight. Oh, close. And it is entitled TNG Box Set. Oh, shit. This is going to be good. Good day, Trek fellas. Michael <laughs> here from Australia. What the fuck? What day is it even? I have in my possession a box set of TNG. We're cleaning out all of our physical media, and rather than throwing it away, I'd offer it up if anyone wants it. If any of your listeners want the DVDs and are willing to pay postage, it's theirs. Just send me an email at michaelbrown586 at gmail.com and I'll organize sending it. Thanks, guys. Michael. P.S. No peyote or anything, but love the show. Keep up the good work, guys. Michael, were you born on May 1986 or were you born on 86 January 05? Oh, shit, dude. That's a good question. Here's the thing. This box set is in a metal fucking briefcase with a raised Star Trek The Next Generation logo in the middle. I want want this. It is numbered uh, 3,395 of 4,000 and has a certificate of authenticity. Is it PAL? Is it PAL? I don't know. Format? That would be a problem. If it's PAL, we can't play it. Yeah, I'm sure since it's in Australia and whoever wants it would have to pay postage, it's probably best if you're also in Australia. It could also be, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a lot. <laughs> yeah, gonna, if you're trying to get it out be... of Australia, you're going to be paying way more than you yeah. would getting this anywhere else. But this seems to be like a limited edition it certificate of awesome. authenticity thing. It's crazy. I definitely want it. I just want it. I would want it just to, for the briefcase. That sounds cool as shit. It does sound cool as shit. I would just pack my briefcase type things in it. I would be like, I'm going off to work today, honey. I'm going to work to Star Trek. I'm going to my job at Star Trek. Gotta go to space. You know how it is. Uh, Thanks for that email, though. And if anybody's interested, uh, shoot him an email about it. Yeah. Um, I guess we're like the Facebook yard sale of Star Trek podcast now. That's cool. I like to like maybe like get some of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody wants to pay for Josh to get it, yeah, you can do that as well. <laughs> or just give it to me. <laughs> um, our next email is from Big Joey, who you might remember uh, told us that his boss was going to break our legs and make us sleep with the fishes if email didn't come back. And the title of the email is The Emails is Back On, Boys. <laughs> oh my god. And he writes, Gentlemen, my boss was very pleased with the fans stepping up their email game. <laughs> the emails episodes greatly amused the boss. He's a hard man to please, and that ain't no joke. You gotta keep a solid hull between you guys in the eternal cold of space. You knows what I'm saying? Yeah, you do. Yeah, and you know how know. I know? I got the emails to prove it. Cordially yours, Big Joey. <laughs> Thanks, Big Joey. I love your emails. <laughs> 
I love Big your Joey. veiled threats. Thanks, Big Joey. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with it because it's like New Yorky, and so it's kind of just like normal. It's true. All New that's Yorkers just, sound like that. That's so. how they talk. Yeah. Uh, I love that Google gives you options to just click one click for a response and it sends it back to them. <laughs> and the responses are, love it, glad to hear it, and awesome, thanks for the update. I do that one every time, no awesome, matter what thanks it for is. the update. Just every single time, click, click. <laughs> uh, I, I just want to point out, though I'm not going to talk about it in case we actually do this collection, that Mr. Yeah. Jack Carpenter himself sent in a collection idea that we may or may not be doing sometime well, in the future. You'll have to tell me off of this. It is called Jack Carpenter's Jock Jams 2K19, so you know it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Come on and jam, and welcome to the jam. God damn, I can't. What is that gonna be? Like we'll have sports to find ones? Out one day. It's gonna be sports ones, isn't it? It's sports ones. I knew it because there's so many we could do. Oh our, fuck! <laughs> our it's next so email. Bad. Don't get too excited. Uh huh. It's from Rudy, and it is entitled "I Would Have Been Your Wormhole Alien Daddy." And he begins, Hey Trek boys, first time long, ta- long time M-Class episode skimmer here and a recent lurker to the M-Class Discord. Skimmer? Skimmer? Scammer! Scammer or skimmer? Skimmer. He's just skimming through the episodes. You better listen to that shit, son. Yeah, we get paid by the minute. Uh, a little side note here. Rudy actually uh, commissioned me to create a piece of art for um, inspiration for an upcoming video game he's putting together about um, Mexican abolitionists during the Wild West times. That's cool. I didn't know this, but apparently a lot of uh, Mexican abolitionists like uh, smuggled escaped slaves across the border to their freedom That's who awesome. would join their cause and also do raids. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> I would fucking kill to see movies uh, and stuff about that. So I'm excited yeah. about the game that he's doing. Yeah, that sounds cool. That's like a whole, like, we were discussing when we were, I was doing the commission that that's like a whole, like, chapter of history that just kind of got ripped out of the book because white people yeah. don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it's, it's like so many things in history where, like, a very select number of people know about it. Yeah. But most people don't, right? Um, he continues uh, he was talking about the M-Class Discord then he turned to camera 3 and says available now for the sexy ass low low price of a dollar a month www.patreon.com slash M-Class podcast we don't even need to do ads they just do it for us it's great warning exposure to the M-Class Discord may cause your heart's dick to grow up to 3 meters each month <laughs> anyways I've been rewatching my favorite series, Deep Space Nine, and noticed all the fathers with various levels of competency. Uh-huh. There's top tier dads in the show like Captain Sisko, Chief O'Brien, and Rom. There's mm-hmm. meh fathers like Worf and Bashir's dad. Then you've yeah. got real Jerry ass fuckboys for fathers like Space Hitler Ducat and Space <laughs> Stalin in Auburn Tain. <laughs> Jerry ass that's incredible that's fucking incredible I've never heard that is that a thing because it it is now it's now Uh, do you lovely federation folks have your own DS9 baby daddy tier list Uh, Odo when he almost becomes Loxana's baby daddy (laughs) right he's Uh, like 
ready for it. But then it, he's like broke, broken hearted when like she's like, no, I have to go back to the guy. It's right? Like, oh, you shouldn't, because I'm yeah. a goo man and I can make your dreams come true. I can goo you real good, girl. Uh, Chris uh, Cisco is like the best dad in Star Trek history. He's yeah, the he's greatest. amazing. It's like even Cisco, Rom, uh, O'Brien. Bashir's dad. Bashir's dad sucks. Worf is like the worst father ever. Yeah. And then you get into like the absentee shithole fathers like Ducat and Inabrintain. Uh, absentee isn't the word. I would use genocidal maniac. Well, of course. <laughs> I was going down in uh, in order of how bad I was going to say things about them. <laughs> I see. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty good tier list for me. Cisco's always going to be at the top, and I yeah, think Rom is first. a really great dad as well. I'm going to add a layer above Cisco. Great Pop Pops, Cisco's dad. Oh yeah, Pop Pop Cisco is great. Pop Pop Cisco is like I want to fucking hug that dude for sure. Even though in Star Trek Six he commits like high treason. <laughs> that's not him. It's just a guy who looks very similar to him. <laughs> It's the actor, though. Yeah, it is the actor. But it's not. It's not. I mean, him, it happened though. like a hundred years before, so it's probably not him. But yeah, no, it's uh, not. He would have brought that up. <laughs> Pop Pop Cisco, like every time he's around, I'm like, man, I want to go to that restaurant. I want to go to Cisco's. So I bad. know it's probably so fucking delicious. Yeah. Like so goddamn good. It's like Ugh. it's that mythical level of delicious that only like TV foods can be. What is it with that, with TV food? Like, everything on TV just looks so much better. Because yeah. you're not eating it, that's why. Yeah, you, you want, want it. it. And yeah. your brain is, like, trying to make you get, get that. it. Go get it. Figure out how to get it. It's, yeah. it's like, doubled up when you see, like, like Studio Ghibli movies and shit, where, like, oh they lovingly animated the food and shit. Oh and it's better God. than it could ever look in real life. There was this episode of... Uh, Bizarre Foods was that the show on Food Network with that with that guy who would go eat like weird shit. Yeah, Bizarre Foods. Yeah, where he went to Adam India. Adam Zimmern. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to India and he just had like Indian food. Like it wasn't even weird like food, but he went to this like buffet and or this like this like party where they had like a ten course meal. I still think about that because I, I every time I think about it, I, I'm like I need I need that. I, I want fucking, a ten course Indian food meal. Jesus. It looks incredible like I, I still dream about it I'm like that food looks so fucking good dude sometimes I wake up in the morning and my brain just locks on to curry and if I don't get oh, it by the end man. of the day I'm just depressed I do this thing where like I'll just go buy a shitload of Indian food and like gorge myself <laughs> it's so good it's so good <laughs> yeah it's incredible I fucking I, dude I love Indian food ugh like here's here's a secret if you never got it. Next time you go to an Indian restaurant, get some goat sog. Like yeah, it is like so garlicky and it's got spinach and stuff in it. Yeah. It's like the goat meat is so fucking good and it's real spicy and nice. Uh, the, the that food is is like everything about it's perfect. It's just yeah. perfect. It's perfect food. You so get good. you get some curry. You get some garlic naan and you garlic just naan. fucking oh. go crazy on it. Eat till you're dead. Do yeah. you go to an Indian buffet and just eat till you fucking are gonna shit or throw up? It's just fucking go crazy, dude. Mango so lassi. Eat uh, myself to death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Fuck this. Let's go eat Indian food. The show's over. 
he he continues. Shout out to Bryce B and his baby daddy collection suggestion. <laughs> I'd love to see it covered eventually. Although I'd like to recommend maybe replacing the Kira pregnancy episode with a Garrick episode, like In Shadows Purgatory or The Wire. This dude is all about Garrick and Anabrantane. I love it too. I love. I think that that's um, like really interesting. I, the 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 twist is great between them. I love it. It's. I think it's awesome. It's fucked up, dude. It's fucked up because he's abused as shit. Like Garrick yeah. is totally fucking he's fucked just up. Broken. Yeah, he's like totally damaged because <laughs> of that dude. Fucked him up hard. Um. Sincerely, Lieutenant Commander Rudy of the USS La Chancela de Mi Mama Atras Mas Nagas. I That's fucked that up one. so bad. That's a oh, long Oh, thankfully one. he put the translation. It's the USS, a tough-ass ship that picks up the Defiant from daycare and demands lunch money from the USS Vengeance. Wow. <laughs> it's uh, like the Biff... Why don't you just call the USS Biff Tannen? <laughs> Dude, somebody the other day was in a thread about, like, uh, characters in classic movies that are, or like, uh, bad opinions about classic movies. Like, what's your terrible opinion that you okay. really believe about classic movies? Yeah. And somebody responded that uh, the uh, McFly family were actually a bunch of shiftless, shitty layabouts that took the glory <laughs> from the Tannen family that was really meant for them. <laughs> right. And then it's if like it a Hatfield and McCoy thing, right? If it yeah. wasn't for cheating, the McFly family would have been losers like they always should have been. And I responded, <laughs> Biff, what the fuck are you doing on Twitter? <laughs> That's great. Put That's that, great. Put that uh, almanac back and get the <laughs> hell out of here. That almanac's worthless. It's 2019. It's four years old. What are you going to learn? And then he fucking followed me. The guys. That That's amazing. That's fucking funny, dude. That was so great. Uh, anyway, he has a, uh, a PS uh, insert advert for the ever illustrious Inksburg here. Nice. Uh, I do a great webcomic that's all Looney Tunes classic cartoon humor set in a noir detective world called Inksburg. And you can check it out at Inksburg.com. I do all the illustration, all the writing, all the everything. And it's. Yeah. People seem to really love it, which really means a lot to me because it's the first time I've ever done anything like all. Like, it's my baby. I'm the only one doing it. I'm not yeah. doing anything with anybody else on it. That's awesome. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> um, he, he does several PSs that aren't actual questions or anything, but he, can, he does one last PS. Okay. Hey, Josh, when you occasionally mention Mike on the podcast, are you referring to Mike Sadorf? I am. Uh, I'd love to see him as a guest sometime. His commentary back on Syndication Station all those centuries ago is what got me watching Star Trek, and I've now seen just about every series except parts of TOS. Well, I'm glad you followed me here to the the Star Trek. That podcast was like, how much Star Trek can we do without it becoming a Star Trek podcast? (laughs) But we also did like, uh, what did we do, A-Team one time, right? That was fun. I don't remember. There was a lot of them, yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's Mike Sadorf. He's busy. He lives in Los Angeles, where he's like a LA guy now. He like he he does continue. It's cool if you put the whole talk in front of a mic thing behind him, or if he doesn't have time since he's too busy being a top tier cool dude. <laughs> put the mic behind him. Uh, yeah, you need to. He lived with me for a couple months. 
Yeah, I remember we were recording one of the first episodes, and he was, like, laughing at he what was you laughing. were saying behind you. There was, yeah. like, a studio audience listening was, to it. He us. was laughing. He could only hear me, so I don't know what he was laughing at. <laughs> uh, please wish him well and kiss him as hard as you kiss Kevin. Oh, my God. Speaking of which, if you've got an extra kind of intact Kevin lying around, would you be willing to loan him out for a while? For reasons. Mm. Those reasons being creating cool games together and doing sexy hugs during debugs. <laughs> What's a sexy hug? Like, oh, never mind. I can figure you it out. You know what a sexy hug is. <laughs> is that like a hug like when you... Never mind. That's, That's a gropey for... hug. Yeah, gropey hug. Yeah. Um, I think we only got the one Kevin, and I don't think we even have the Kevin. I, I don't own him. He's Kevin, like Kevin just sort of shows up every now and yeah. then and appears on the show when he feels like it. Yeah. It uh, might th- be soon time for another Kevin. I think it should be uh, time for another Kevin. We wheel him out to get the ratings up. <laughs> Let's bring Cousin Oliver in. Uh, we gotta get it sweeps. <laughs> get Kevin back in here. Uh, thanks for that email, Rudy, and also thanks for commissioning me. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I have to pay bills to live, so if you'd like to commission me, please hit me up on the internet. Yeah. I'm on there. Get on the Twitter and follow. Uh, I almost said Kevin, but you're Jeff. You can follow and Kevin as well, and follow Kevin too. Fuck it, why not? Our next email is from Henry Torbert. Torbert, and it is entitled "Star Wars Question." Okay. Dear Ensign Pennington and Ensign Henderson, Yes. I've recently been re-watching The Clone Wars, and it occurred to me that, although the show really fizzles out, since it was canceled in the middle of production and never given a proper ending, I have no idea what Disney is going to do with the show in the final season that's going on their streaming service. I imagine that they might take it all the way to the events of Episode 3, but anything is possible. Mm-hmm. On a similar note, I have no idea how the current movie trilogy is going to end. My hope is that they at least draw inspiration from Lucas's original ideas of the Sith and Jedi. Yeah. So if you were to become Jedi Master Rich Masters, what direction would you write these stories in? Uh, well, The Clone Wars is really good. Uh, I'm assuming you're talking about the like the CG Clone Wars show, right? Yeah, he's talking. They're doing apparently like a final season. Yeah, on the streaming. Ser- Disney That's streaming smart service. because they have like so. I there's there's like a, a story a live storyboard that you can watch of like some of the final episodes of of season six. Mm-hmm. So season six wasn't completed. That's like it's like the rest of season six is like out there somewhere. Yeah, and some of it you can see. Uh, they, one of them, they go to Utapau and they like tr- get one of the kyber, like the giant kyber crystals that like the emperor wants for the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, y- you can't really. I-, I would add maybe another like uh, Ahsoka episode where she's out on her own doing stuff. Uh, that would be cool. Maybe she like finds another lightsaber because she has those white ones later in the what's that other show? Rebels. Rebels. Those, yeah. Those white ones. I do that for the 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 movie trilogy. Uh, I don't think you can. I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Here's a great idea. I don't know. I've got a great idea for the final movie in the trilogy. Okay. Okay. The new order. Yeah. Does a great song called Blue Monday. No, <laughs> the new order. I'm in it. Um, the new order creates an even bigger Death Star. <laughs> Jeff. 
No. And it shoots a bigger laser that destroys the universe. That's the end of the Star Wars and universe, then, then. But our heroes stop it, and they destroy it, and then there's a lightsaber battle. That sounds probably like what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, probably, right? It's, um, it's even bigger than you're imagining it's going to be. Jeff and I both have seen the trailer, so we kind of... And we talked about this, like, I think, with each other before, I believe, didn't we? Yeah, we, we had a whole conversation. Yeah, we this. talked about it off off the show. Uh, so we kind of know, like, we kind of know, like, that they're going to go to the Death Star or whatever. What you should really be looking forward to is the end of this trilogy and the beginning of the uh, Knights of the Old Republic trilogy. <laughs> That's what you should really be looking forward to. There's going to... The Terminator is going to come back in time... <laughs> Okay, to, I like this. And he's gonna find Ray, and he's gonna say, "Come, come with me if you want to live." And she's like, "Okay." And then they go on the Millennium Falcon, and then there's the giant Death Star, the the one that's as big as Dub- the solar system. Double Death Star, and, Dyson Death Star. It's like a Dyson sphere. And uh, Ray looks at it, and she says, "That's no galaxy. That's a Death Star." And the Terminator looks at her and give, and says, chill out, dude. <laughs> and uh, then they shoot lasers at the Death Star, and it has the same hole that the old one did, so it blows up. That's incredible. Holy shit. <laughs> That's going to be it. I'm telling you. I'm going to go see this five times. <laughs> Is the Terminator there? Fuck it. It's yeah. got the same hole in it, and the Terminator hangs out the Millennium Falcon because all the guns have been shot off by evil spaceships. It's just a shotgun. It's just and he the has shotgun. The sh- he like too. hangs yeah. out, and he has like a box in his arm, right? And you're like, what's he going to do with that box? And he flips it open, and roses fly everywhere, and it's got a shotgun. It's a shotgun from And the he movie. shoots the shotgun down the <laughs> exhaust vent, and it blows the Death Star. Fuck, this is, this is amazing. But then it turns out the Death Star has a giant There's more. T-800 in it. <laughs> T-1000? It's a T- It's like the same thing as Arnold. It's oh, like T-800, the, yeah. It's a T-800, and it it has a giant shotgun. And then it, they have to... They lose to the giant shotgun, because how can you defeat that? And they la- they crash land True. on a desert planet that is not Jakku or Tatooine. A third desert planet. And uh, on this planet, they retrofit the Millennium Falcon to have a giant shotgun on the side of it to combat the other giant shotgun. Shotguns beat shotguns. We all know but that. But then, then Ray at the last minute said, because the shotgun gets disabled by sure. Darth Vader who's alive. He's, he's back. again. Yeah. And the shotgun gets disabled <laughs> so she jumps out and spin kicks the giant universe devouring. Holy shit. T-800, and then she uses her lightsaber to cut his fucking head off. (laughs) This is amazing. And then the Emperor is inside the head, and he pilots it like fucking... Like a a kind (laughs) He pilots it like Andros. Andros! (laughs) And he he shoots squares at her, and she laser beam swords the squares. She has to fly around in the eyeballs and the brain. Yeah, Yeah, and the Millennium Falcon shoots the eyeballs, and it turns into an eyeballs and brain. Yeah. And they... A lightning sword fight on the brain. Laser sword. Lightning sword. Yeah. Yeah. And then she defeats the Emperor, but he doesn't fall down the shaft this time. She says, you're getting the shaft again, and then kills him with her sword. You know what? 
this is all happening <laughs> in this movie. This is gonna have way what's happening. And uh, the T eight hundred melts into the brain and does the thumbs up. The thumbs up it melts into the brain. <laughs> Fucking cool. Alright, that's what's gonna happen, I think. The final enemy is Andros. The final enemy is within yourself. It's true. She has to fight, like, Dark Ray, like it's a Dark Link. It's, it's Link. the same thing. It's just a rip-off of every J.J. <laughs> Abrams thing that he's ever seen in his whole life. She Ugh. fights Dark Link Ray and defeats it, and that's how she becomes a true Jedi. Does she cheat and use the, the big Oron sword? You can cheat. And <laughs> he's much easier to do. She has... Uh, and. Kylo Ren is there, and he's like, oh, I actually love you, Ray." And she's like, I love you, too, and then they kiss. But we're brother and sister. Oh, well. The, no, they're in love and they kiss, but then the Emperor's uh, upper half comes back with a spider body. Oh, yeah, and well, that's canon, yeah. He, cu- he uses his sword to cut Kylo Ren in half and absorb his quickening. Wow. And uh, then they have another laser sword fight, and he loses again. Wow, man. I don't... (laughs) I mean, that's it. There you go. (laughs) So that's what's going to happen in episode three. I'm I'm not even... Attack of the Clones. (laughs) 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 This is fucking great. Oh, man. So hopefully you can look forward to that. Yeah, I'm ready. December, <laughs> be there. Uh, he signs the email, Thanks, Chief Petty Officer Henry Torbert, Captain Starbase Tchaikovsky, five and a half months from contact with Federation. This dude's going crazy. He needs Star Wars. <laughs> Get this man some Clone Wars. Our next email mm-hmm. is from Colin Brady. Yeah. And it is entitled Every DS9 Chief of Security is Terrible. <laughs> and you're not wrong, buddy. Wait, wait, how are they all terrible? Who who's terrible? DS9 is constantly getting fucked over. Ah and... yeah, it's like a port though. That's how ports are. Hey Count Treculus. <laughs> nice. But I really like that. That was good. Uh, I've been slowly making my way through Deep Space Nine, currently halfway through season three, and the more I watch, the more one question sticks out in my head. Does Deep Space Nine not have any security cameras? <laughs> <laughs> the whole fucking thing is a camera. I think we brought that up a couple yeah, times. Like, how the fuck did they not know this happened? Everything they not is have security a, cameras. Everything's a sensor. Like the sensor, you don't even need cameras. Like everything's scanning itself all the time. Like, just scan the sh- this whole thing. Like you don't even need a camera. It just knows. You would think, but like. Like he says, there are so many plots that could be easily resolved with basic security cameras. Who shot Quark? Check the footage. What was Vedic Wynn discussing with the prisoner? Check the footage. My only yeah. conclusion my only conclusion is that every security chief on DS9 was too busy focusing on the minutia of transporter security protocols to give any thought to basic surveillance. Yeah, but then it's like London or New York where there's like a fucking camera everywhere. It's yeah, kind of weird. We're not trying to do Big Brother in the yeah, future. Yeah, we're not so trying to like true. spy on every goddamn buddy. And Quark's like, he wouldn't have cameras. And like, there's no way Quark would He's have cameras. He's too busy cameras. doing shady shit. Yeah, there's no cameras. way, dude. He would be like, nope. <laughs> uh, I, I, 
I couldn't see a future where like a any place would be like a Big Brother place, even a place that's like yeah. Starfleet is like a lot of people call Starfleet a military, but it's not really. It's no, like a no. science and exploration unit. Yeah. The fact that they have weapons is like just because they need to defend themselves in space against space monsters. Right. They're like dual. They're like a dual purpose. Like, they are the military, but the military is not the right word. They're a peacekeeping force. It's yeah. like, um, they're not so much like the army or the marines. They're more like the coast guard. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, like, there's guns on their ships, but, like, you know, the coast guard doesn't usually have to use that shit. No. <laughs> they're not meant to be using yeah. it unless absolutely necessary. Right. Um, he finishes up the email by saying, Securely yours, Ensign Colin Brady, USS Science Ship. I couldn't think of a good name. <laughs> That's a pretty good name. <laughs> you only made yourself an Ensign, huh? You could have been any rank. Likes to set his... I guess we made like. ourselves Ensigns. Yeah, but that's kind of like because we like our self-deprecating. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that we're Ensigns. Yeah, we're idiots. Yeah, it's true. We're pretty fucking dumb, except in writing. Did you hear that fucking Star Wars story I wrote? Uh, I mean, yeah, man. I'm fucking, ex- fucking excited. I'm trying to go see that now. Like, now. I would see that movie in any time of night. I can't wait for all that to happen, and then I'm going to text you and be like, oh my god, you were fucking right. <laughs> I can't believe the Terminator was in this shit. They I can't believe they fucking put a shotgun in the Death Star. <laughs> I can't believe he turned into Andros at the end. Uncle Andros! Andros' enemy is my enemy! <laughs> we played that game a lot. <laughs> Our next email is from J.A. Vincent. Mm, John Vincent. It's uh, entitled Subspace Transmission. Okay. God. Greetings, gents. Just wanted to drop a quick line and say thank you for putting on such a great podcast. Hmm. It's my favorite one, so congratulations. Hey, awesome. Thank that, you. That's really great to hear. Like, when people really enjoy the podcast, it always yeah. warms my heart. Because it is just a dumb thing that we do together for fun. Yeah. And profit. <laughs> I guess I'll transfer some of this useless money to you that I have for no reason and make it your problem, since we're both Federation citizens living in the 20 cough century and have no use for it. Seems a wow. fair trade to an unapologetic space commie like myself. Thank you, space commie. I love space commies. <laughs> Although I am picturing commie from Dragon Ball Z. I also was picturing commie from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> With a space helmet on. <laughs> <laughs> he just grabs what, one of those, like, I don't know, the Zinu Force. They only have helmets. I don't think so. They got capes. That's halfway to a helmet. <laughs> Anyway, the other night I was watching Enterprise on Netflix. Yeah, I love it too, Josh. Thank you. Finally. Yeah, no one else has ever liked Enterprise. Just you and Josh. Just just us two. (laughs) And lost my shit yet again upon stumbling into the episode Regeneration. Yeah. I always forget about this episode and get caught off guard by it during watch-throughs. I do love Enterprise, but I can't stand the actually, here's the real first time humans did met, saw, fought, X episodes. Right, the Ferengi, they're always doing it. That's, yep. I hate having to try to justify why 200 years later, humans run into the Borg and spend the first few encounters fumbling around like idiots when they have literally all the information they could need to know for just such an encounter. 
I mean, uh, it's not entirely unbelievable. Like, I'm sure, like, there people have run into, like, diseases in the past and not known how to deal with it, and it just becomes, like, an illness in the books, right? Also... <laughs> how many... What? No, you go. go. <laughs> I was just gonna say, how many times have people run into Bigfoot, and we still don't believe in that, dude? <laughs> Thankfully, have you been listening to Expanded Fruit? Fr- no, uh, I have not. Dude, I, I read Bigfoot. the description of that and I was like, not for me. No, it's super fucking <laughs> fun, dude. It's just like ghost stories and shit. It's cool. Uh, anyway, yeah, no, I, I also think like this is pre-Federation. Like, Starfleet's not the Federation yet, so maybe they kept it secret because it's kind of fucked up. It like there's lost some... records type things as well. Yeah. Like there were a lot of people trying to work against the Enterprise crew. Yeah, they don't really know what the Borg are. Like they don't they don't know what they are. They're just like that's a crazy thing that happened. Like that was nuts. Like yeah, it could get eh, I don't know. It, it wouldn't help them anyway. Like how would it have helped mm. them? They still wouldn't have been able to stop them. Heck, they even rub your face in it by having Archer remember Zephram Cochran once got drunk and told a bunch of Princeton graduates the Borg were coming to kill them. <laughs> it's the second time Earth was warned. <laughs> yeah, oh. but he was a he was a crazy person. Yeah, Zephram Cochran was a nut job. They were so. probably just like, okay. <laughs> okay, Grandpa Cochran. And then Captain Picard said make it so and they're like what the fuck man who is what is he talking about i don't know (laughs) well i got a report for duty we've got a load of self-sealing stem bolts to drop off at deep space nine so maybe maybe i'll visit the hollow suites while i'm there quark owes me a favor anyway (laughs) you're gonna fuck a hologram oh my god hopefully it doesn't have quark's head hey unless you're into that yeah what does he say he says something like i've been waiting for you that's what it is yeah uh, signed Commander J. A. Vincent, First Officer, USS McKenna's Pride. Nice, thank you. That was great. That was a good email. Thank you. Our uh, next email mm-hmm. is from Yakub. Yakub, and it's entitled "Today's email is going to be broadcasted with no advertisements." <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that, motherfucker. Yeah, we didn't pay for Prime, so you know. Pitch it or ditch it. <gasps> It's Pitch It or Ditch It. We haven't had one in a while. Pitch It. (laughs) That's the theme song for Pitch It or Ditch It. (laughs) It's slightly derivative. It's Pitch It or Ditch It. Pitch It or fucking Ditch It. Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Pitch It or Ditch It. Everything. It's just every. It's everywhere. Uh, setting Deep Space Nine title Squeeze Box. Pitch it. <laughs> <laughs> Squeeze Box, like the Who song? Yeah. Quark introduces the station to interactive music videos on the Hollow Suites, and they're all the rage. <laughs> Cisco dons leather and a bandana for bad. Jadzia visits Venice and like a virgin. Bashir learns some dance moves in I Want It That Way. <laughs> Kira sits on the drums and smells like teen spirit. Oh, man. The bar makes a remarkable profit on this venture. Cool. After a couple days, Worf comes to complain. Apparently something is wrong with the Raiden program. <laughs> Raiden? Holy Quick, shit. 
Quark goes to fix it, but when he enters the suite, a similar but somewhat different music video starts uncontrollably. A bespectacled stranger with dental braces starts to rap and forces the Ferengi to dance in the background. <laughs> when that corrupted music video is finished, another one is queued up. In the blink of an eye, the stranger changes clothes to a buttonless jacket and a tall hat, while Quark grows a beard and is forced to churn butter. <laughs> The bartender can't take it any longer and pleads the assailant to let him go. Oh, the stranger man. reveals themselves as a member of the Q Continuum and promises to restore the original music videos under the condition that the station crew beat him at a dance battle. It's a weird owl. Weird owl's the Q. Yep. After Quark agrees, the alien transports the DS9 personnel to the Hollow Suite and a corrupted version of Beat It begins to play. The dance-off culminates in O'Brien exploding from shredding a guitar too hard while Odo and Morn have a knife duel. When the music <laughs> stops, Q thanks the crew for allowing him to have a little bit of fun and disappears into thin air. Damn. Clark furiously waves a receipt and shouts, Who's gonna pay for the hollow sweet use? Nice. If you haven't figured it out yet, Weird Al Yankovic guest stars as Q. <laughs> Uh, I would love Weird Al in Star Trek in any way. That would be so fucking amazing. He's perfect to play a Q Oh my as god. Well. He, he wouldn't even have to try, dude. Like, he could just show up and be like, say that. Dude, it'd be so great. Oh my god. Do you, do you remember the the Brack Show episode that Weird Al guest star is in as like a gross alien that's trapped yeah. inside of a, a space whale? Yes. And he's like, oh, I really love it when you guys come here to visit yeah, yeah. me. He's so crazy. Yeah. Not a Brack show. I fucking love that show, dude. <laughs> Did I tell you? I posted about it on Twitter. I found a fucking um, signed print from C. Martin Croker, who played Zorak and did all awesome. the animation, that says, thanks, Jeff on it. You should buy it. It's I you. did buy it. It's oh. in my living room right now. <laughs> you can make up a story. Yeah, I met C. Martin Kruger at a uh, <laughs> Taco Bell. It's, uh, it's signed from the year 2000. So the it's year like, 2000! It's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it has little word bubbles above Zorak and Brack, and it sa he says, you heard what? And Brack says that we're getting canceled, buddy. <laughs> so apparently it was right when that happened. He knew. He knew. And it says, thanks, Jeff. See Martin Croker, 2000. That show was so good. It's like, Space Goes Coast to Coast and the Brack Show are like two of my favorite things ever. I was I obsessed so with much. the Brack Show, and I loved Space Goes Coast. Oh, God damn, I used to like... I used to, like, sing the, the Zorak song. I, I forget oh, yeah. it now, but it's been the, a while. Like, Cartoon Planet had all these fucking songs on it that I yeah. fucking loved. There's one that I sing in the shower still about... I think it's called Mashed Potatoes. Mashed Potatoes? Yeah, I remember that. Mashed yeah. Potatoes. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, boom, Sweet boom, potatoes. <laughs> I had that on my Winamp. Oh, it's fucking so good. Dude, I, I used to go to a... It still exists, this, like, Brack scrapbook website that this, like, this girl kept for ages about Space Ghost Coast to Coast, Cartoon Planet, then the Brack show came out. That's cool. And this site was apparently so popular that if you get the DVD set of the Brack show, 
the girl who ran that website was asked to do a commentary track on two episodes. That's crazy. Which is so crazy cool. What would we like? I would love to do that. We should just do that. Why don't we just make like a like for one of the, of our movie watches? Let's just watch like three episodes of the Brack Show and just talk about it. I'd be all about it, dude. That they're on is... the Cartoon Network AdultSwim.com. Yeah, they're free. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I would that, love that. That show is so funny. The I was watching through Space Ghost Coast to Coast, like, uh, before I did the Ghost Planet Twitter. Like, that's basically when I was doing it, mm-hmm. watching through the show. Um, I got to several episodes where it's the previous episode that had come on the week before, but they had several of their moms do commentary tracks over it. <laughs> and they're called, like, Momisodes. <laughs> and they apparently just... Put them on TV like you would watch one episode one week, yeah. and then the next week the same episode would play, just with three confused older women talking over it. That's so great. It's so weird, it's, dude. They were just like filling time. They're like, "What yeah. can we do?" The whole idea was to just do whatever the fuck they wanted at the uh, time. It was it was wonderful. Like uh, it was so. Ref- it was like I'd never see anything like it. I was like, "What is this?" It was great, dude. There's still never been anything like no. Space Ghost Coast to Coast. No, it's it's like it's like that show and like Mystery Science Theater are like such gems. Like they're like perfect. It's true. It's like this capsule of yeah. like do it yourself, creative, low budget yes. creativity. It's it's genius. It's fucking genius. Uh, I got off topic there, but this email is fucking amazing. I would pay money to see Weird Al be in anything Star Trek related. Yeah, I that would, would be. Perfect. I would love. I would love every second. Of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he signs the email. Yours trapped in the drive-through, Yakub, the USS Albuquerque. <laughs> trapped in the drive-through. Oh, that's the yeah, Weird that's, Al. Those thing. are both Weird Al songs. Yeah. Albuquerque Albu- trapped in yeah, the drive-through. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh my God. Is this email really long? And that's all right. Um, (laughs) Our next email is from Fedco. Hi, Fedco. You're a company. Fedco is like the last person on the Discord that still thinks, is still like a super big fan of all the stuff I do. Everybody else is like, yeah, it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's good. (laughs) Uh, Ensign Pennington, Ensign Henderson, Trek Boys. Hello. Uh, this email is petition for the renaming of Mugatu. <laughs> Mugato? I think it's Mugato. On start date 4211.4, TOS Season 2, yeah. Episode 19, A Private Little War. There are the Sasquatches. Captain James Tiberius Kirk fell victim to a large creature which was referred to by the natives of the planet Neural as a Mugato, mm-hmm. a creature that is impressive as it is deadly. I have included an image of the creature in the event that the reader of this email is unfamiliar with its appearance. It's like a horned Sasquatch. Yeah, it's a Sasquatch with a big horny. Yeah. It's t- he has figure one, the Mugato underneath. Not to be that's great. That's really great. Not to be confused with Mugatu from Zoolander. I, I've been thinking about that the whole time. I feel uh, like also, I'm taking I, crazy pills. I still think I'm supposed to be reading this in a Vulcan voice. Like you it's always very do, Vulcan. It's well, they it's like they're trained to start the email out in a way, and then it trains you to speak like Tapan. Like, like check this out. However. 
As with the extragalactic parasite, mm-hmm. Night Egg, I have found a more logical name that would increase the ease of identification of this creature. As okay. such, I present to the reader's consideration the Poismacorn. <laughs> this name is a simple triple portmanteau of the words poison. Due to the exceedingly deadly venom found in the poison corn's teeth. Yeah. Poisonacorn's teeth. Simeon, due to its distinctly ape-like appearance. Mm-hmm. And a unicorn, due to its cranial protrusion resembling that of the mythical creature Unicorn. It is expected that the recipients of this message find the name to be as soundly logical as I, and to respond with their signatures in support of the renaming of the creature. Live long and prosper, Science Officer Fedco, still awaiting assignment to a vessel. Oh, man. Okay. He's, he ended it live long and prosper. There's no way this yeah, isn't he a Vulcan. Is How did you know? That's weird. It's just the way it's written. Yeah. It's so Vulcan. It's and I, so like, Vulcan. I picked it up last time, and he for sure put in live long and prosper this time to be like, yeah, Jeff, it's a Vulcan. Yeah, he told you. Uh, Poismacorn? Uh, I fucking love Poismacorn. That's great. It sounds like like uh, when you study like a different language, like German or something. They have like a weird name for like something you call like like pineapple in German is ananas. It sounds like just like a different language, <laughs> you know. It's a Poismacorn. Strawberry is Erdbeeren. Like, what does that mean? Erdbeeren. Erdbeeren sounds like a villain in a fantasy novel. Yeah, that's what I mean. We it's a Poismacorn. the Erdbeeren. It's fucking, it's weird. It's like, a, it's like a different language. Just, like, translated weird. I I will put my signature on this. The Poismacorn. Uh, we're going to have to send it to review. You got to write, like, a whole scientific thing. Uh, that wasn't scientific enough for you, Mr. Dick Scientist. Look, I've been trying to rename shit for years, and they've been rejecting my shit. I'm not just gonna go approving Poismacorn with my approved stamp. Josh has several times tried to get penis renamed to Schlongamacorn. <laughs> no, the Josh Horn. <laughs> <laughs> The lower horn. Lower horn. The wing dang doodle. Thanks for that email, Fedgo. (laughs) I finally figured out your game. (laughs) Oh, man. Our next email is from Boston Sean. Boston Sean. My arch nemesis. (laughs) Philadelphia Josh is an arch nemesis. Boston Sean. Yeah, Super Bowl 52, motherfucker. (laughs) Uh, It is entitled Underutilized Character. Okay. Tricky boys. <laughs> Big fan of Tom Riker here. Really? <laughs> that was like the most honest. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. In the past, I've made a couple of Tom Riker pitch- pitches. Namely, Tom Riker and Tom Paris start a ska band to the delight of Q, and Tom and Will visit Dad for Christmas. <laughs> I think he's a fun idea, and I wish they used him more. So... Pitch it or ditch it. (laughs) One, Will Riker is kidnapped and held for ransom by Ferengi. The only way to get Will back peacefully is to get Tom to pretend to be Will and convince the Ferengi they have a useless transporter clone. (laughs) 
I imagine transporter clones occur somewhat frequently, so the Ferengi will probably understand. <laughs> they definitely didn't know what the fuck was up in the Tom Riker episode when he first duplicated. Yeah, they were like, yeah. That would be um, funny. That would be like a, a, a funny, like... It, I could picture it, like, them being, like, confused, all Ferengi-like, where they're like, oh, what's going on, you know? Uh, I'm gonna ditch this, because it has Tom Riker in it. Yeah, um... <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna soft-ditch it for the same reason. Uh, Will Riker and Tom Riker perform a hollow play of the parent trap. <laughs> pitch uh, I'll pitch that. Yeah, that's fucking great. Uh, Tom has accidentally booked two dates at the same restaurant oh, at the same pitch night. It. Yep, pitch He'll it. need the Enterprise's greatest pilot and greatest wingman to help navigate this minefield. This Friday, catch Tom <laughs> Foolery. Pitch That's it. A pitch. Hard pitch. We were just talking for hours and hours about sitcoms, so. Remember when Janeway murdered Tuvix? <laughs> Sort of a reverse of the themes explored in this collection. <laughs> yeah. We, we could have done a Tuvix episode. Uh, if I ever have to see Tuvix again, it'll be too soon. It'll be Tuvix too soon. <laughs> Tuvix too furious. Uh, Will nice. goes to Ryza to find all the ladies are sour on him. He goes to the bar to find Tom laying the mic down like a college frat boy. Tom, what the hell? Nah, this what is great, think? but I'm gonna punch it up. He doesn't know, like he's his he's there for days, right? He has no idea what's going on. Even like even like the Rizians are like, Ugh. Oh, like dude. they're like a voice, which is like crazy, right? Let's make this like full sitcom. Yeah, Tom goes into a room does some heinous shit and then leaves and yeah. then Will walks in and has to deal with the fallout of it over and over, over and over, over again. again. Yeah. Until he figures out at the very end of the episode that it's Tom and he gets his cartoonish sitcom revenge on him. But also, it's a Ferengi mind-controlling Tom to do it. Oh, In man. revenge for when uh, they kidnapped R- Riker and Counselor Troy and his mom... <laughs> And their, her mom. <laughs> I thought it was going to be, like, in revenge for that time Picard had sex with Vosh when that one Ferengi wanted to real bad. Uh, perhaps it's that. The Ferengi are fucking crazy. They'll fucking revenge for no reason. If there's profit in it. He's got a revenge for profit. <laughs> That's like the 69th rule of acquisition. <laughs> uh, I'll pitch that only if it includes our punch-ups. Yeah, agreed. Uh, P.S. You asked last week if my mom listened to the show. I did have her listen to the first email she appeared in, but she didn't quite get podcasts. Are these your friends, she asked? Mm-hmm. No, it's like a radio show, Mom. They're just hosts. Oh, can I call in right now? Yep. I, I don't bother anymore. <laughs> I'm going to send your mom my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> there are some podcasts that like, I've heard yeah, that have they like, a phone number that you can call into. Yeah, to. there's a site. But I really don't want to bother editing that. <laughs> there's a site, and it's... It, it's like weird it's like really it, it freaks me out not like you know like a private way but it, it's like technically fucking unstable you know it's like weird mm. it's like uh, you can just get like a google number as yeah. well yeah and yeah. use a google voicemail yeah you can do that that's what they do usually and then you like um, play it and you yeah yeah but you'd have to like edit it into the show right it wouldn't be too hard but it would be annoying 
It would be annoying. And also, like, I like reading your emails. Yeah, reading it's fun. You can do voices. There is something fun about, like, you guys being able to read your emails to us, but I don't really want to go through all that. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Maybe we'll do something like that sometime. Maybe we'll do, like, when we do, like, a live thing eventually. We might do something like that. Yeah, that we could do. Anyway, thanks for that email, Boston Sean. Thank you. Thanks, Boston Mom. Our next email is very coincidentally to Pawn. Oh my god, and weird. <laughs> it is entitled, You are always, and you are and will always be my acquaintances. <laughs> That's very <laughs> sweet of you. It's like like Superman. Boston Sean's like, like, hold on, I'll be right back. And then like, <laughs> Superman comes in the room and he's like, Superman, where have you been? Superman, how did you know we were in trouble? I do. I think multiple people write to Pawn, actually. You think? I'm, I'm like 100% certain, actually. That's crazy. Ensign Henderson. Ensign Hi. Pennington. Why was I first? Trek Boys. Do you not like that? Are you, does that make you nervous? It makes me think he's going to ask me something. I don't want to talk to him. Oh, damn. <laughs> Dude, you hate Tapon. I don't hate him. I'm just, I'm just like the McCoy to his spot. You're a Trek bigot. No! He's just a green-blooded <laughs> hobgoblin, and I don't like him. <laughs> Good evening. This is Tapon of the Tapon's radio program. It has been five months since my last email to you. Jesus Christ, he's right. Your absence on the USS Tapon's radio program is noticeable. Yeah, I know. Humans put much stock in the annual celebration of their birth, which seems unusual. Hmm. I prefer to observe dates which I accomplish something monumental. For instance, when I acquired my mug, or when I first discovered Hall and Oats. <laughs> Who is mug? Those are events which are worth remembering. Wow. His mug literally just mug. says Tapon on it. <laughs> Does it say Tapon in, like, Vulcan? I think it just says Tapon in Sans Serif English. On. <laughs> Comic Sans? He would never. We should make Tapon cups and Comic Sans. <laughs> Uh, also, how is it not monumental to be born into the world? Into the universe. The, all the random chance of, like, all yeah. the atoms in the universe that have ever existed and ever will exist, you get to be here. It's pretty crazy. It's monumental. Yeah, it's a big deal. Regardless, I thought it might be of interest to you that yesterday was the anniversary of my conception. Wow. This celebration seems more appropriate than the observance of actual birth. Yeah, it's more fun. Hmm. It is satisfying to reflect upon the year. Perhaps some human traditions do have value. Hey, he's coming around. <laughs> I have no question this week. Only to... Only that announcement. Hmm. Now, if you will excuse me, Drac has set up a piñata. <laughs> Live long and prosper... Tapon, Tapon's radio program, USS Tapon's radio program. <laughs> I just picture like the Klingon pinata, just like worms come out of it. <laughs> and he's like, "Yes, God!" Like fucking eyeballs and shit. Like, <laughs> it's just all gross shit. It's candy, <laughs> dude. Uh, well, congrats uh, on your dad, cream pie, and your mom. Oh God. How do? How would you know? I guess Vulcans are very efficient. They would know. Well, 
Yeah, you count backwards nine months, and you're somewhere in the ballpark. Yeah, but right? yeah, but like you don't know the day. I mean, you're trying I'm sure to get his dad told him. But how would he know though? I mean, here's the thing: like humans, maybe this is different for Vulcans, but humans are just doing it like a lot. Like you can't be certain unless it's like I'm a sure one-time Vulcans deal. Are, like maybe once a week at, t- at best. Oh God, this. really? Oh jeez. Oh man, that sucks. Maybe like <laughs> once a month. Holy I don't know. shit. They're not. They're not big on boning. I I would think that they would be though. Like once, I mean not like Ponfar aside. Like that's sort of like different. Like yeah, that's murder boning. Yeah, that's a little scary, but also kind of awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like I would think that like once the like once the like uh, the cap is off that bottle, it would probably be pretty good. Right. I mean, it's logical, right? Like, if you you're feel those needs to release them, yeah, right? Yeah, like, there would be a logical time to do it, and that would be the time, and it would that would be it. Like, yeah, why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they want that, right? I don't know. Maybe maybe Vulcans are like, I, I watched through a ton of the Golden Girls recently. Yeah. And there's always... I, I definitely every, see where this is going. <laughs> every once in a... It's not actually about Blanche. Every once in a blue moon, like, Rose talks about what sex was like with her husband who passed away, and she's like, yeah, sometimes he was so tired, he could only have sex for three hours. Yeah, it's, like, ridiculous. And she's like, and then the next morning, he could hardly even muster four. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, what? Yeah, dude. And and they're like, you had sex every day, both morning and night? Yeah, didn't you? And that's Vulcans. That's what, they're like, yeah. of course. Is this not logical? They just keep it a secret. Like they keep everything else a fucking secret. Yeah, nobody knew what fucking Pon Far was until Spock let that shit out of the bag. Yeah, they, Vulcans probably hate Spock. They're like, we kept this secret for hundreds of years. Oh, they hate they hate uh, T'Pol too because she's like, you can mind meld. It, it doesn't it's not a bad thing because they like stigmatize it like AIDS because there's like yeah. a disease you get if you do it wrong and they're like no it's fine you just gotta do it the right way <laughs> and we can they fix just, it they hate all the protagonist Vulcans except I guess Tuvok he's a pretty normal ass Vulcan well once they start, sp- start spending time with humans they get real suspicious of them because like they get like it's like real fucking like racist really like Vulcans are pretty fucking racist yeah they're There's like, an inherent like distrust, uh, distrust of yeah. or, like because they don't understand other races. They're afraid. They'd say it in in um, in Enterprise when the ambassador is talking to the the admiral and he's like, he's like, ambassador, are you afraid of humans because they remind you? We remind you of you, and he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. And it's, like, fucking great, like, because it's finally, like, there's pro like, oh, my God, they, like, are being honest, you know? Yeah, there's, it's, like, I guess a lot of human characters distrust Vulcans as well. It's because we're so completely different in the yeah. way we l- operate in the world. Like, it shouldn't like, humans work. are very much about Intuition, emotions yeah. being a tool to lead your decision-making, right. and Vulcans are like, that's folly. Right, that's stupid. Yeah, I don't know, man. But somehow we made it work. I like the fu- fuck of Vulcan. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if the ears are like a thing. Anyway, let's get let's move on. Anyway, let's move on before somebody pops a boner. 
Not saying who. Our next email <laughs> is from Tom. Tom Paris? Welcome, Tom. No. It is Tom P, but not Tom Paris. It's him. So emails is still st- sustainable. Studio. Nice. So emails is still sustainable. That's tough. Pleased to see emails is back. So after finishing Enterprise, I decided to swing over to TNG, which I had watched only in parts. Weird that you did it that way. So he's doing it. He just skipped TOS. I guess he's not doing it chronologically. Yeah. A lot of people do that. Like, TOS is good. Come on. Uh, yeah, no. People... It, I don't want to, like, blow up Tom Paris here, but people watch things weirdly, and I think that, like, that's, like, a strange way to do it, but... It's all personal. I mean, he was probably just yeah. going through the series and by order of what he found interesting. And he probably just started... Yeah, he might have just, like, happened to watch Enterprise, and then was like, well, I'll just finish it. Yeah. Uh, so I got the data lore and couldn't escape how incompetent the crew of the Enterprise are. Mm. They give lore complete access to the whole ship, seem to spend most of their time wondering if data can be trusted, and no one acts professionally to each other. It's really weird. Yeah. They blunder around and keep shouting at Wesley, who, despite being right, doesn't actually tell them the problem, but instead complains about being told off. Yeah, he's a child. <laughs> then I started to think of other things, like the lack of proper gear when they go on away missions. No one has any proper boots or even a coat. Shouldn't they have emergency kits with them on away missions? Has society advanced to the point where people can't be bothered to adapt to circumstances? Mm-hmm. That's odd. I'm really cold. It's snowing, but I got my trusty jumpsuit on, so I should be fine. Computer, why am I cold? Turn up the sun. <laughs> I think you're talking about, like, now. <laughs> Like, you're talking about, like, um, people now, dude. <laughs> uh, the thing is, uh, they do have gear when they go on away missions. Yeah. They have, they're all on their waist and shit. And two, uh, the uniforms don't look like much, but they are completely and totally temperature controlled. Yeah, they're they like, talk about that in several episodes. Yeah, they're, like, super outfits. They're, like, cool as fuck. And, or warm as fuck. Like, it makes more sense when they switch to the, like, woolen the uniforms gray. later. Yeah, the gray. Well, not the gray. I mean, like, the season three TNG uniforms. Oh, Where it right. looks like they're made of a real material that would keep you warm. Yeah, it's not. It's a little more substantial, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they're, like, temperature-controlled atmosphere suits. They're not just, like, dress uniforms. They have a dress uniform for when they're not on, like, missions and stuff. Yeah. But, um... Which brings me back to Enterprise. I really liked season one. It felt like they were actually exploring. They had Mm -hmm. to be careful, make do with what they had, and keep track of supplies. Mm -hmm. For me, the later seasons went all overly dramatic. The spheres were cool. I would have liked more. I would have liked more being a fan of Dyson spheres and the like. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, it was just watching Grumpy Archer being cross. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's kind of like. Uh, stressed out because <laughs> the world's gonna blow up. Yeah, shit's going pretty wrong yeah. for old Archer. He's like not really, and like that's not his job. And like that's one of the important things I think to remember about Archer is like he doesn't want to fight people. Like he doesn't want to do. That's not what he signed no, up for, right? Like not at all. He's an explorer. Yeah, he wants to go find like black holes and shit. Like that's what he wants to do. Uh, towards the end, it started to pick up again, but then sadly got all rushed, and then T'Pol and the catfish digester man didn't end up being happily shocked up, which was sad times. That's uh, okay, I'm fine with that. Am I in the minority here in liking the first season more? Uh, it's not bad. 
I think what you're what you're seeing is like the knee jerk response in season three to like make it dramatic, right? And I think they do like an okay job, and like that season's uh, interesting. I like it, but yeah, I agree. I like I like the episodic like X Filesiness of the first two seasons where they're like, "What is this?" You know, like that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So I I don't think there's a, I mean maybe like the narrative of Enterprise is like, oh, the first season stinks because the theme song, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's... No, the theme song is so bad it's good anyway. I know, it's great. I love it. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. <laughs> um, I haven't seen the whole series back-to-back, yeah. so I can't really talk too much about it, but like, I feel like season one does have a charm to it. It's mm. very explorers exploring. Yeah, it's like NASA. Like They're like they're like NASA explorers. Like They're like fucked if something goes wrong. You, you get some of that in TOS, that like explorers exploring yeah. thing. That happens in TOS sometimes as well, but it doesn't really happen a lot. Maybe in Deep Space Nine for a little bit when they find the Gamma Quadrant. Yeah. And I guess that's what Voyager's supposed to be, is Explorers Exploring, but it's not really. It's like Explorers Exploring, like, a crack alley. Oh, look, a crack pipe. (laughs) (laughs) That's what that show is. TNG's a little different because, like, I feel like it would be disingenuous to do Enterprise-type exploration stories in TNG. Yeah. Because it's, like, hundreds of years later. Like, right. 300 years later, I think, at that point. Right. It's, like, the difference between, like, going to California in a wagon and going to California in a jet. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it's, like, what are you even worried about? You know what I mean? Like, you're fine. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> they face problems that are um, appropriate for the like circumstances they're in yeah they face problems that are appropriate for their level of like skill and ability their level of technology and what they have on their side yeah in enterprise like some of the problems are like we can't even shoot things when we need to like it's like nothing works like we don't know how to work this thing because we're like out here alone like like in tng like they talk about it like like when they go to that uh, that station that like has a replicator that repairs the ship for them, they're like, mm-hmm. "Can you imagine if we had one of these?" And it's like, "Yeah, <laughs> I can. I definitely can imagine that." <laughs> it's it's like different. I think every Star Trek series has a different flavor, mm-hmm. and um, I don't think it's like super fair to like. It's sort of like you have different sets of ice cream in front of you yeah and you eat the whole box of enterprise ice cream and you're like fuck that was really good most of the way through right i want some more of that and then you open up the tng and you start eating and you're like this is an enterprise flavor (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) yeah and like you're kind of ruining the enterprise flavor too by watching or eating just the enterprise flavor you know what i mean like you're not doing yourself any services like just eat more tng flavor and then i think you'll come around on it if you don't like i don't know that's weird (laughs) i was about to say it's fine because like everybody has different tastes but i don't know anybody that doesn't like tng yeah the first two seasons are rough i will say that like you're in the middle you're like right at the beginning of some bad the the first two like the second season 
it gets much better. The first season yeah. is so bad. It's, it sucks. The first season is like mostly unwatchable. Like if you look at watch list, the first season yeah. almost has nothing on it. When I go watch it through again, I never watch season one. I started like no. season two, like episode six maybe, and I'm like, okay, here's a good place. I might watch the big goodbye. Yeah, that yeah. That like, I cool. might watch that one because I really like Dixon Hill episodes. Dixon but, Hill. Uh, besides that, like, yeah, I think um, the technology is so far ahead of where it was in Enterprise and TNG that like, it may seem like they're not taking the proper like precautions and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's just at a point where it's already done for them. Yeah. And uh, whether that's interesting to you or not is sort of up to you, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, like, the, like, Wild Westiness of, like, Enterprise is fun. But, like, once they start getting, like, phasers and shit, you're like, okay, this is cool. I like this. Uh, this is also cool. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, yeah. co- I'm cool with them, like, having some of the stuff. Because, like, it's cool to have that stuff, you know? But it's all, know. It's all different flavors. Yeah. It's like, um, I feel like uh, Voyager is like kind of a bitter flavor that like I still, I go back to and take bites of and I'm like, oh, and I keep eating Voyager it. is like licorice <laughs> where you're like, this is, uh, I couldn't eat it. If this is licorice. candy, but it's also the worst candy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It's like bitter flavored where every time I take a bite, it's like a warhead, the, like a warhead <laughs> flavor that you don't like. So you eat it and you're like, oh, warheads. Mm. and then you, you're done with it and you're like, oh, I have another. is <laughs> like circus peanuts. It's like the shittiest of shittiness. It's Voyager is circus peanuts and that I'll still eat it, but I won't like it. Oh my God. It's why I'm, ugh. I won't eat licorice. I fucking no, like, licorice. Li- licorice will never get anywhere close to me. Licorice is like, <laughs> like people's idea of candy before sugar was discovered. Licorice is like Great Depression candy. It's before like, we that. know you kids want candy, dude. But this is all we have. Licorice so is. We're gonna tell you it's candy. Licorice is like fifteen eighty. It's like plague candy. Here's some candy. <laughs> Hope you don't die from the plague. That's like what that shit's from. It's fucking Ugh. disgusting, dude. Do you like Twizzlers? Uh, they're uh, it's okay. I like Twizzlers are fine. I find I don't really like Twizzlers much, and people who uh, most people will be like, "Oh, I hate licorice," except Twizzlers. Yeah, because it's not really licorice. Uh, it's like wax. Uh, one yeah. time, my girlfriend in ninth grade and I ate a whole bag of Twizzler bits, and we watched Jerry Maguire, and then we both like had to like like throw up because we ate so many Twizzlers. Jesus. Also, we almost we watched Jerry Maguire, so that was probably part of the wanting to throw up. <laughs> what a great film! That movie sucks. Um, thanks for that email, Tom. Hopefully, our opinions weren't too divergent from yours to make you unhappy with your email experience. <laughs> that was some that was some good legalese, wasn't it? That was really good. Our next email and our final email of the night uh-huh. is from Rich Masters. <gasps> Oh my God! Could you te- could you just figure it out yourself ahead of time? It's Rich Masters. I I mean, we usually end with Rich, and uh, it's entitled "Saved by the Boys." <laughs> oh my God! Gentlemen of Trek, intro time. Okay. Ah, Jesus. 
When I boot up in the morning, my cat spot me as a warning for another feline supplemental dose. Wow. After th- after thoughts of Tasha's boobies, it's not <laughs> time for my bridge duties. Where we're will we Riker leaning in uncomfortably close? It's not all right, cause I'm fully functional. <laughs> <laughs> Tasha's boobies. When Picard says make it so, I'll be geared up to go. On an away team, I'm the first volunteer. Bump, bump, dreaming of the Borg Queen on my plastic molded peen. <laughs> I should have made more trips to Ariza in my car. All right, you were losing me there with the Riker rhyme, but the plastic, the Borg Queen one, that got me back in it. It's not all right, because I'm full functional. It's not all right. Less sex than Jordy. It's not all right. Where's my robo orgy? It's not all right because I'm fully functional. Less sex than Jordy? Woof. Zero. (laughs) How do you get less than zero? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, He continues, big fan of Jeff being a big fan of Saved by the Bell here. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is like wrapping around itself. Okay, so this is the penultimate episode of Star Trek TNG Season 8. What's penultimate mean? It's the the one before the last one. Is that what penultimate means? Yeah. No, I learned something. Uh, given that my last episode will be a two-parter season finale... Shit. Full disclosure, there are normally 26 episodes in a TNG season, but just assume that I took two weeks off for holiday and there was one terribly racist guest writer who loves the thought of being kidnapped by racial stereotypes Mm. and one terrible clip show episode. (laughs) There's only ever one of those in the whole show, thankfully. (laughs) Oh, Data dances and he feeds the cat. Remember when he banged Yar? Yeah. No, Maddox, you can't take our android boy. (laughs) Oh, a mask. Oh, no. And so on. (laughs) Uh. Here we go. I'm liking this one already. Oh, boy. The Vulcan sun beats down as Riker ducks under disruptor fire and takes cover behind a rock, ordering security chief O'Daniels and his team to press on. One of the security squad are hit by Romulan fire, and Riker turns to Data to ask if they have word yet who this rogue set of Romulans are. Data says. Data tells Riker he's heard nothing following Captain Picard's urgent communication to the Romulan Senate. Hmm. But if Riker noticed, the uniforms used by this set of Romulans is not Empire Standard. A disruptor beam flies over their cover. Will says he hasn't been able to take a good look at their fashion sense yet. <laughs> regardless, <laughs> regardless, they have to stop the Romulans getting hold of this Vulcan artifact. As Riker breaks cover in the Vulcan Temple, he sees Commander Tomalok on the far side. What? The artifact between them. This fucker. As the rival team... Fucking Tomalok. As the rival teams exchange fire, Riker and Tomalok run for the artifact and grab at it at the same time, causing a building up of energy that throws the two men back across the battlefield where they land, unconscious. Oh no, did they get Freaky Friday'd? Oh god, no. Did they get switched? <laughs> The Romulan subcommander Perix receives a communication from their ship, telling them another Federation ship is heading into the sector. Perix seems reluctant to take Tomalok with them, but her lieutenant collects Tomalok before they get back to their ship. Okay. You're not going to call him, like, Tommy or anything? You're not best friends? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Suck it. (laughs) 
In sickbay, Beverly wakes Riker, who writhes until Data has to restrain him. Crusher gets a hypo spray and is about to put him under when Riker sees his reflection in Beverly's office window. Yep. He apologizes and lays back calm, explaining he was flustered. When he is checked over and discharged, he goes back to his quarters, then takes off his communicator badge and removes the cover. Making adjustments to the badge, he presses it. Decius, come in. I this knew it! I knew it was freaking Friday! Something has gone wrong. God damn, I'm like a fucking genius. Fucking Freaky Friday? I don't know about this one. I don't know about this one, Rich. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Them Falcon artifacts will Freaky Friday the shit out of you, dude. Katras and know. shit. In the Romulans' uh, title, Raised by Wolves. Ooh, it's a great title. That is cool. In the Romulan sickbay, Riker is in Tomalok's body, or Romalok for easy reading. <laughs> I'd like to thank you both for the Gurk and Burke paradigm you created last episode, which makes this story much easier to tell. You're welcome. Romalok wakes, <laughs> but the doctor is treating another patient. Romalok sets up in shock, and his doctor arrives asking, How are you feeling, Commander Tomalok, sir? After confirming he's okay, he's discharged and goes to his ready room, having to ask the computer where it is. Subcommander Perix joins him when he arrives and sneeringly asks what Tomalok's next order is. Where is the Enterprise now, Romalok asks. Perix confirms that the Enterprise is holding position around Vulcan and has not moved. Damn. They're a day in the other direction. Romalok gives the order to return to Vulcan under cloak, and Perix is horrified. She challenges Romalok and says that his obsession with the Enterprise has taken him too far away from the Empire. Mm -hmm. They're wanted criminals now. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tomalok, in Riker's body, henceforth Tyker, <laughs> is in his quarters eating breakfast, which he sneers at with every bite. He hates it. It's not all, it's not all whatever Romulans eat, which is like dog shit or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Romulus. They eat that shitty soup when they go down there with Data and Picard and Spock. They eat that whatever the yeah. fuck that crap Shit is. Shit soup. Yeah. He puts his plate in the replicator and orders a number of Romulan dishes. Oh, good idea. What could they eat? Dog shit? Maybe some dog pee. <laughs> Which the computer cannot replicate before asking the replicator for something bland. It provides toast and butter. Hmm. Tyker brings up his service record, and at hearing Riker's awards, remarks to himself that maybe the Federation simply has lower standards. Damn, sick burn on yourself. <laughs> Picard, <laughs> technically. <laughs> Picard arrives at Riker's door, checking that his first officer's okay. Though he's been signed off by Beverly for another 24 hours, Tyker asks Picard if he could return to work. Picard says he trusts Crusher's medical assessment and wants Will to relax. Riker's... Uh, Tyker's eyes flash to the table where the butter knife sits, but he agrees. Ooh. He's the one who wrote Riker instead of Tyker. I know a Tyker from a Riker. I want to put that on record I know you for everybody do. to know. I know you do. I know a Gurk from a Burke. <laughs> Romalok has finished listening to his own personal logs, <laughs> but we're not privily, privy to discovery. Oh. Romalok calls Perix into his ready room again and asks her for her assessment of how their defection is going so far, given permission to speak freely. She's surprised. Tomalok has never been one for frank honesty. Perix says it has been a disaster, that after a few big victories, their allies have grown thin. Well, dead, I guess. Nice. And the Empire is in a desperate need for reinforcements in the war. She questions whether Tomalok is truly in this for personal glory or for the Empire. To keep his cover, Romalok threatens to demote her unless she follows his commands. Damn. 
green alert, I assume, although that's inherent spacism, sounds, and the two head to the bridge. Yeah, that's free spaces. <laughs> green alert. You fucking Trek bigot. Why did we make all the lights in here green? <laughs> Everybody looks so green in here. Oh, wait. I guess it would make sense, though, because, like, red is our blood color, and it's, like, a... It's like oh, a bad. Shit. It's bad to look at it, right? Like, oh no! Like ba- red is bad. Always stop. Don't go there. You know. Oh shit! I wonder if that's true. Maybe it would be green. I think feel like I learned something today. <laughs> Tyker is the earliest crew at the bridge briefing. A fact that surprises Picard enough to inquire how his CO is. Tyker curtly says he's fine, but refuses to sit down, pacing behind the other crew as if impatient. Hmm. Picard has had an update from the Romulan Senate. Tomalok and the Decius's crew have defected from the Romulan Empire in protest at the war pact with the Federation, Damn. along with a small band of other ships. Well, that makes sense, because they're dicks. It's true. <laughs> Bigger dicks than a normal Romulan. Yeah, that's like super dicks. Tomalok is a fierce patriot, and his reasoning is familiar rhetoric. He doesn't want to risk the Romulan Empire eventually becoming part of the Federation and diluting their own Don't culture. Don't worry, that won't happen. Your planet's gonna blow up. <laughs> yeah, fuck you and your planet. <laughs> and when the Senate would not rule out closer ties with the Federation post-war, he refused to view them as part of the Empire anymore. Data comments that it seems to correlate with their knowledge of Tomalok. Incredibly xenophobic, zealot-esque, and stubborn. Tyker reprimands Data, telling him that speculation isn't relevant to the briefing. Deanna senses something is wrong, but can't put her mind finger on it. (laughs) That's really fucking good. (laughs) Picard agrees in a much more diplomatic way. Tomalok is simply a Romulan, as honorable and fervent in his belief of Romulan way of life as they are for that of the Federation. He says that he plans to stay in the area and protect Vulcan space to protect the planet, and dismisses the crew. He asks Will to stay behind and tells him he's right. They shouldn't dismiss Tomalok as some troublesome Romulan. If they encounter the Decius, Picard wants to resolve it peaceably, if possible. Tyker is suspicious. I don't know about all that. (laughs) (laughs) The Decius enters Vulcan space, and Romalok and Perix watch the Enterprise on the other side of the planet. Tyker asks the bridge crew for suggestions, something that the crew just aren't used to. Stop switching them! It's Romalok asks the bridge crew for suggestions. Yeah. Something that the crew just aren't used to. I was, like, getting super confused. I was, like, wait a minute. Yeah, I was getting, me too. Like, really confused. Yeah. <laughs> Peric suggests something they've used before, sending a probe out with the exact warp signature of the Decius to lure the Enterprise away from the planet. Romalok tells her to go through with the plan. Tyker and Picard join the crew on the bridge when Lieutenant Hawk detects a Romulan signature on the edge of the system. Picard gives the order to move to adopt a defensive position away from orbit, but Tyker recognizes Perix's tactic and tells Hawk to belay that and scan on the other side of the planet. On the other side of the planet, the Decius is detected and has to retreat. What? Why would he do that? That's weird. Picard is stupefied that Tyker would know, but he says that he had just had a hunch. Tyker is given the task of helping Geordi organize a strategy to locate the ship. Once he's left the bridge, Deanna asks to speak with the Picard. She says that something is off with Will, that he seems closed off, introverted. Picard agrees that he seems harsh, but that could just be the way the Dominion War is taking its toll. It is on him, after all. 
Deanna is unconvinced and says she will speak to him. Mm. On the Decius, Romulok is challenged by Perix, who says he never should have retreated. She demands to know what he's planning and pulls a disruptor on him. Shit! Deanna invites Will to her quarters Whoa, that evening. sped up here. And talks about his behavior. He's evasive and curt with her. And when she presses, she sees a flash of Tomalok in her brain. <gasps> Knowing she has found out his secret, Tyker hyposprays her with a strong sedative he had prepared oh, and seals her God. quarters. She has a He's long panicking. history of not, not dealing with anybody from that planet very well. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> or it's moon. Well, he, he, he just seals the quarters and starts panicking. <laughs> okay, good. Romulok chooses a different way with Perix and admits exactly what has happened, that he's Will Riker in Tomalok's body. Nice. Unlikely though it seems, Perix believes him and sheaths her disruptor. She admits that he seemed much more reasonable than Tomalok, and the whole reason they were aiming to steal the artifact was because it could help Tomalok mind-swap and infiltrate the Senate. What? <laughs> Though now she must take command and have Romulok executed. There's no way anyone in the Enterprise would ever believe that story. Romulok, in no rush to die, says he's thought of a plan. Yes. Tyker is continuing to panic and retrieves a, weapons, a weapon from the weapons locker. Locker. Good job, Jeff. You got it. <laughs> he goes to Picard's quarters to ask if uh, he were serious about the peaceful resolution, and Picard is confused. Before he can answer, Tyker phasers his captain and seals his quarters, too, then heads for the bridge. <laughs> He's just knocking everybody out. This dude is just one by one. Fucking Who else can I knock wild. out? I don't know. He takes Guinan. command of the bridge. <laughs> this is like an airplane bit, where he just fucking keeps knocking people out. <laughs> He takes command of the bridge, much to Data's surprise, and orders red alert. The Romulans are coming. When the Decius unlocks, uncloaks, I imagine, yep. Romulok orders the crew to perform a small jump of warp speed, and on the Enterprise, Data recognizes it as the Picard Minute. Oh no! It's back! When Tiger gives the order to fire, Data doesn't comply, and orders O'Daniels to take Riker to the brig. O'Daniels, arrest this man! Data arranges the Vulcan artifact and a priest to come aboard the ship so that they can mind-swap Riker and Tomalog. Okay. They figured that out like a season one episode. <laughs> uh, sorry, Rich, I don't mean that. <laughs> Surrounded by security, the two men kneel and are transferred back. Now back in his real body, Riker asks Tomalog what he would do if their positions were reversed, and Tomalog admits he would kill the Starfleet officer. What? Hogg suggests that can keep, uh, they can keep him as a prisoner of war, but Riker says that walking in his shoes gave him a perspective he lacked before. He helps Tomalog to his feet and asks him what he would want. Tomalog wants to be returned to the Decius, but asks why Riker would do such a thing. Will admits that he knows why the Romulans want to fight, in some ways understands and empathizes with them, but that his time with the Enterprise should have shown him how wrong he was about the Federation. Nice. Tomalog nods and asked to be beamed back to his ship. When he arrives on the Decius, he hails the Enterprise, but in mid-thanks is shot and yep. killed by Perix. Yep. Romulans. When Riker, asks, when Riker asks why she killed the man, clearly appalled, Perix says that Riker should understand that his time on the Decius should have shown him he was always right about the Romulans. Damn. The ship cloaks and vanishes. The Romulans are so shitty. They really are. They're fucking pricks. Later, Riker arrives at Picard's bio bed, and Jean-Luc asks if he's feeling himself now. 
Riker explains what has happened, and Picard says he isn't surprised. <laughs> Regretful, but not surprised. Oh, man. Riker says thank you to his captain. That was the answer he needed. To what? asks Picard. The question I keep asking myself about what was fundamentally different between us and the Romulans. Regret. Riker leaves, but Picard doesn't go back to sleep. The end. Ah, that was great. All right. That was great. I liked that one a lot. I I will pitch that one, but I have one note. (laughs) One note. Okay. Uh, Now, I'm not a writer, but I have been an editor. Uh Uh-huh. Um... This would be, uh, I don't even know how many of these episodes where the special guest character um, has a change of heart and then is immediately murdered. He likes killing them off. This has happened like a ton in this season. I think you should stay away from that for the finale and maybe for a couple episodes or whatever you do afterwards. That's my only note. I think it makes... Otherwise, this is fucking great. I think it makes sense if this is the last season to, like, get rid of them. That that happens in, like, a lot of HBO shows do that. Like, Boardwalk Empire did that where they're like, everyone's dying. (laughs) Well, the problem is it's not like a cast is dying. It's just you're introducing a character and then they're killed. And the impact of that is lessened with every one that happens right. concurrently. But Tomalock sucks, so I'm cool with him. Yeah, fuck Tomalock. I mean, I don't give a fuck. He's dead, but we're supposed to feel bad that Tomalock got killed because he was having a change of heart, but that had already happened several times this season. Yeah. That's my only note. Otherwise, it's a fucking amazing episode, especially that ending. I'm gonna... That ending yeah. with Picard and Riker is like fucking... It's amazing. Mwah, chef's kiss. It's amazing. I'm just going to say it. The Romulans suck. <laughs> yeah, the Romulans do suck. They're a bunch of fucking pricks. Nobody's going to debate that. They're fucking crazy, man. Good thing. The only one who would debate that is Hoteen, and he might be dead. I don't know. I haven't listened to the last episode <laughs> of that Tapon's Theater yet. He's dead on Ryza, just buried in fucking <laughs> Ryzian puss. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. What was his girlfriend's name? I forget. Kathy. Kathy. How could I forget a name like Kathy? <laughs> now there's only two left. So when I mentioned the vote option in my last email, I meant a vote on what to attempt next. This is what has been mentioned. Yeah, you didn't list anything for us to vote Yeah, on. that was the problem. We knew what you meant. Yeah, you just didn't list We anything. didn't know what to pick. It's like a big, it's too big. I can't say. Here are the things that have been mentioned okay, so far. Okay, this is sort anything. of a list. <laughs> uh, DS9 Season 8 has been mentioned. That would be really tough to do. Redoing Voyager. Ooh, yeah, it's a lot, though. Damn. Uh, in, uh, a new season of Enterprise. Yeah, that's... A fake season of Star Trek Picard. I, can, I can't say whether that would be good or bad. I don't know. Uh, something new, like an after-nemesis in timeline show. <sighs> TNG Season 9. <laughs> or stopping altogether. Uh, that is not a choice. Go ahead and take that off your Here are list. my three, top three. Um, there's a tie at one. I can't decide right now. But sure. between Season 5 of Enterprise and the fake Picard season... And I'm going to say that is tied for one because I think it would be really interesting to have Rich do a fake Picard season before the show comes out. 
It would be really. It, it would be heartbreaking to me. No offense, Rich. He's gonna make it. It better. will be better. I know. He's gonna I, make I know. it so much better, and then the show's gonna n- not live up I to know. it. I know. And then my third would be season nine of TNG. I don't know how you can See, do season eight of DS Nine. It's and Voyager. Yeah. I don't care. I don't give a shit. Well, no. Here's the thing, dude. Voyager might be my number one. Really? Because Voyager started out with like a great concept. Right. It's a good idea. It's a really good idea, and they fumbled almost immediately. Yeah, like, Rich Masters does not fumble the ball. Yeah, but how... I feel like he could take that concept and go straight to the fucking touchdown. It would have to be, like... It would have to be, like, a not a season, right? Well, he's basically going to redo season one of Voyager. of Voyager, is what I'm seeing. Okay, okay. And uh, the thing is, none of the episodes are going to correlate except the first one. Like, the first one is going to be his version of the first episode. Yeah, like, well, how do they make right. it to the Delta It'll Quadrant. be like a slate, clean slate. Yeah, and then after that, he can make up entire episodes of whatever he whatever wants with wants. the Voyager crew. Yeah. Which I think would be... That would be good. Like, that would be good. Especially because, like, I like some of those characters. It's just they're used so poorly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't decide. It's we. Uh, it is really difficult. A, like I also would love a TNG season nine. Yeah, and, but I don't want to uh, make them like having. I don't want to be like do more. You know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, like the thing, I haven't watched through all of Enterprise, so another season of Enterprise doesn't like sh- shock me to my core. You know, it doesn't. Yeah, but it one. would be great because it's like the Romulan War. It would be really good. Rich would. That's it true. would be so good. I feel like he could really. There do would well be with like Tellarites well. in it. There would be Andorians. I, I do. I do love the. I'm Tellarites trying to sweeten this deal. For, I'm like, come on. <laughs> um, I would honestly, almost any of these would be fine with me. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. I don't want to. Like stopping altogether is off the plate. Don't ever think about that. Don't ever stop. Don't stop. You. You were the cherry on top of the M-Class email episode. Yeah, thank you for, like, th- like this is really amazing, like, what you're doing. Like, this is crazy good. Like, I don't know if you know how good this shit is. <laughs> it is insanely good. It's yeah. amazing. And the thing is... Just because like, I guess some things only means that I'm a genius, so don't take it well, personally. <laughs> like, guessing where a plot is going means that there's a right. good enough setup that, you're, yes. that you can guess. Yeah. So it's all on him, too. Yeah. The uh, you're also a genius, but um, <laughs> I can't watch movies with my mom. She gets mad at me because I'm like, "This is gonna happen." <laughs> She's like, "How the fuck did you know?" Because I fucking have seen movies before, mom. <laughs> um, Rich Masters is pretty much like the third host of the show by now. He's like a I feature. Know. He's like a feature guest on the show. Yeah. Rich Masters. Um, he finishes up the email by saying, "I'd be keen to hear what, if anything, people are interested in." And if the answer is to stop, I wouldn't take it personally. I get that this isn't everyone's cup of tea. There was one person who said it wasn't, and fuck them. They're not allowed to listen to this podcast. I don't know who that is, and I never heard it. Maybe I blocked it out of my memory. Rich, have you considered a show about Ryza and all the sex there? Have you you considered a show where Urkel and Gurkle (laughs) go to space? (laughs) Urkel and Kimmy Gibbler. Yeah, Urkel and Kimmy Gibbler oh. go to space and they become every Star Trek character's neighbor. Did I do that? 
Hey there, Tannerino. Hey, there's kind of an Urkel in TNG. That Benzite guy. He's kind of like... Uh, he's very much an he's Urkel. He's Urkel as fuck. What's his name? Wesley's Wesley's like a shitty Urkel. He's a Shurkel. <laughs> Dude. Wesley's like Kimmy Gibbler, but like... You like actually like really hate her. Like, I don't hate Kimmy Gibbler. <laughs> no. I'm sure there were people who really did hate Kimmy Gibbler when that show was Kimmy on. Kimmy Gibbler was just like harmless and she was like I'm over here at the Tanner house they got fucking kudos bars I'm living it up <laughs> <laughs> I get it I was I was a Kimmy Gibbler every now and then I was never a Kimmy Gibbler like I had friends right that like I would go over to their house and they would actively avoid eating or showing food so that they didn't have to share with yeah, me I, like, I, there was some people that I knew that were like rich and like they were always like let's eat like they like loved eating eating the food and, like they had like much more than me but yeah. when they came to my house they'd be like what do you got to eat that's the worst and after a while I was just like nothing that's the worst dude we, we don't have anything to eat and they'd be like oh I see you got cereal or whatever and I was like yeah I saw you guys had pot roast <laughs> fuck they had pot roast yeah oh god pot roast is good uh, he finishes out by saying, "Anyway, see you next time for the start of the season." No, finale. I don't. Wesley Nagilum, <laughs> the planet from Code of Honor. Wait and see. Oh my god, it's love you, boys. Rich Nagilum. Admiral Janeway's me- uh, meeting minute taker. If you thought she was a war criminal before, you should see what I have to redact from these memos. Wow, she's she's fucking evil. <laughs> she's not a war criminal. Nah, she's not. She did what it's she had Borg. to do, even if it was wildly crazy. Fuck the Borg. I don't give a shit about th- That'd be like saying doctors are war criminals because they're killing viruses. That's how I feel about them. Dude, you gotta get rid of that shit. Get them out. What about Hugh? What about Seven and Nine? Yeah, they, if they're in the cooperative, that's fine. Like, they're fine. They're not gonna do anything. But... What if they turn to evil? Well, that's a chance we're all gonna have to take. <laughs> That's a that's a question that I'm sure people bring up all the time as an actual argument. What if they turned evil? Right. Yeah, what if anybody what turned if, evil? Yeah, anybody could be crazy and evil. That's like fucking my favorite thing with Batman and Superman. They're like, Batman's got to fucking have a million plans to kill Superman because what if he right, turns right. evil? Right. Batman had all these plans to kill everyone in the Justice League because what if they turned Maybe evil? Maybe Batman's evil. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's the act of a fucking evil guy. He's a fucking lunatic. Yeah. Ra's al Ghul found this fucking list of how to murder the Justice League, and he was like, damn, dude, you're sick. Yeah. How did he, how was he planning on killing Wonder Woman? How did she die? I don't know. Shoot her. <laughs> she, she, she can't get shot. Shoot her in the back. Can she get shot? She deflects the bullets. I imagine they at least hurt when they hit yeah, her. Yeah, but like. Uh, I always thought she was like Superman. Like they just didn't get hurt like that. She's she's not like as powerful as Superman. She's just like a super great warrior. Uh, she's like using weapons and like fighting skills and shit. Okay, what about Green Lantern? Cut his finger off. Uh, I think it was something about yellow. Oh, use the uh, yellow ring. Actually, I think it was like something about like the Green Lantern was like. Uh, incredibly loud sounds that made it so he couldn't concentrate. Oh, okay. Like a like you, yeah. you blew out his eardrums with sound so he couldn't concentrate to make anything with his. That's ring. like a real thing. Like those are like like crowd riot control things now yeah. that like blast you mm-hmm. with like sound and like it 
like makes you flee. Like you just run. And you poop. And you po- no, it's not the brown note. The brown note's different. Um. Yeah, he had like a plan for all the Justice League. I don't remember what they were though. Superman's was like, "Hey, I got a rock." What about the Martian Manhunter? Send Kimmy Gibbler after him. <laughs> Send Gurkle. Gurkle. He'd be like, "You're so annoying." That's how he talks. <laughs> the the Martian Manhunter is weak to fire. Oh, he's like, like a he's, he has, he's like a wizard or something. He has like an innate fear of it. Oh yeah. And like it it makes him like lose control of his shape shifting power when he's around it, and it like hurts him a shit. He ton. keeps dreaming about his dead wife and wanting to fuck her. I know that. <laughs> he loved his dead wife and child, and now they're dead, yeah. like everybody else on the Well, that was like a million years ago. <laughs> um, just imagine being the Martian Manhunter. It would right? suck. Like you're fucking chilling on Mars with your family, and you're like, man, this is a good life. And then you just get fucking teleported to Earth. Yeah. And some dude is like, oh shit, a Martian, and dies. <laughs> he gets a heart attack. He's like, oh fuck, a Martian, and gets a heart attack. Is that the story? Is that what happens to him? Yeah, the scientist created uh, like a gate between worlds, okay. like a teleporter between worlds, and he used it, and it fucking t- it teleports Martian Manhunter to Earth. Yeah, and then Mars and dies through like time and space. Right. It, in and the future. like the doctor's like, "Oh fuck, a Martian!" and then has a heart attack and dies. What the fuck was he thinking? Was going to teleport? I think he was going to teleport rocks or something. That's boring as shit. He was a science man. They love that shit. Science man would be like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> he was like old as fuck when uh, he finished it. And then like he has a heart attack and Martian Manhunter is like, where am Doesn't I? he like turn himself into like a regular looking human at some point? Yeah. There's the best version of that is in uh, Justice yeah. League The New Frontier. Yeah. Uh, the, there's like a animated movie but it's a comic where like he goes, he like uh, basically breaks into a rundown tenement and lives in yeah. it. And he shapeshifts into all the stuff he sees on TV. So it shows him shapeshift into, like, Andy Taylor. <laughs> and then he shapeshifts into Lassie. <laughs> That's funny. He shapeshifts into Bugs Bunny. That's creepy. And then he shapeshifts into a TV detective from a TV show. And he's like, I'm going to be a detective. He sticks to that one, yeah. Yeah, and and every time he meets someone on the police force, they're like, "Why do you look so familiar?" Because <laughs> they've seen he's the on cop TV. show. He's on. <laughs> That's great. I love comic books, man. They're so fun. I do too. I fucking love comics. That's why I make them at Inksburg.com. There you go. Go check them out. I n k s b u r g dot com. God, that worked out really well, didn't it? Yeah, you've, you've been kind of on fire tonight with the songs. <laughs> I don't want to, like, inflate your ego too much, but yeah, you're doing good. Uh, it's already huge, don't worry. It's bigger than my prostate, which is saying something. Um, that's the end of our emails for tonight. I'd like to thank Rich Masters for regaling us with yet another tale of TNG titillation. I'd like to thank everybody for their emails. Um, I was getting to that. Josh swung in there like I'm fucking just, Josh only. Th- Jeff only thanked one guy. I'm just batting cleanup for you, baby. I'm just. I appreciate we're it. We're tag teaming it. Tag team back again. Back again. <laughs> <laughs> something, something, something. Let's begin. I don't know the words. It's been come on, party people. Let's begin. Come on, party people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks everybody who wrote in. You're all the apple of my eye tonight. Yeah. It was a beautiful episode. Everybody had a great email. Almost. Like, all of the emails we got were short, 
and succinct. They were great. Part, I loved these emails. Super fucking appreciate that. Nobody sent in a long email except Rich Masters, who's allowed. I loved these emails. I wish that every episode of emails was like the, as good as this one. So good job, everybody. You get an A for the day. A plus for me. A, I yeah, undercut Okay. You. All right. Jeff's got to get <laughs> A plus. <laughs> I give you S rank. Ah, fuck S rank. You don't get higher than that except triple Nobody S rank. Nobody beats S rank. Yeah, all these emails were fucking amazing. You guys are great. And uh, the Discord was mentioned a few times, and a lot of our emails came from listeners who are active members of our Discord community, which you can become an active member at for as low as $1 a month pledge at patreon.com slash mclasspodcast. Yeah, do it. I'm on there. Jeff's on there. We talk about, uh, what we talked about the other day? Uh, perfect albums. Yeah, we were having a super in-depth conversation about what makes a perfect album and what could it yeah. get close to that measure. We were there's, there's a, a great there's comment. a lot of rules that uh, mostly were made up by me. <laughs> <laughs> Every time somebody would put one forward, Josh would be like, "Nah, because nah, it's not like this. It doesn't have this." It's <laughs> gotta, dude. It's so hard to like. It it's, is. It's a part. It's like perfection is yeah, impossible. Yeah. It's how close you how can, close get, can to you it, get right. Yeah. Uh. If you'd like to be a participant in M-Class email, like all the people who wrote in today and all the people that will write in unto infinity, mm-hmm. you can do that by sending an email, and an electronic mail. That's what it stands for. To mclassemail at gmail.com. Do it. Send us over a subspace message to Satellite M, and we'll answer it on our subspace radio show. It'll go out into the cosmos forever. Yeah, radio waves do that, so our show is like fucked. It's never making it. To yeah, the we're not. We're not radiating it. <laughs> we should. Uh, we should become radio DJs. How do we do that? I don't know. I don't know how that's a job thing that you can. We have do. to go to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Is that what we sure. have to do? Sure. That's where everyone goes. That's like where like all the radio ding dongs go. I've already got a great radio. Oh my voice. god! It's like I'm on the radio. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the radio show starring Jeff Pennington and Josh Henderson. What if you just did like Tapan? Like that was your that was your guy that you just were. Welcome. I am. <laughs> Jeff hey, never Pennington, mind. I, I take it back. Never mind. This show. Joining me on today's program is Mr. Josh Henderson. Oh, Tapan. <laughs> oh my God. I love that voice. <laughs> That's enough. Thanks, everybody, again, and thank you for listening to emails. Even if you aren't an active participant, we still love you, and uh, we will see everybody again in one week's time for more M-Class goodness. Bye. Bye, everybody. Play the song. <laughs>